bring a bag or two on Sunday. There'll be more details to follow. To see or hear the archived Sunday services or the Wednesday touch points or to give online, go to tenstrikecommunitychurch.com. I'm curious, how many of you have already been to tenstrikecommunitychurch.com, seen the new website? Okay. I have a quick story I shared a few years ago. Um, my daughter was uh, five or six, and she had a friend over, um, another little girl, and they were playing house uh, at our place, you know, with some plastic kitchen and plastic food. Um, and after they'd been playing for a while, her mom came to pick up my daughter's friend. And my daughter's friend, again, five or six years old, asked if she could have a piece of the plastic food to take home, you know, because she probably didn't have any to play with at home. So uh, Joy looked at us and we said, yeah, you know, share, you know, because she had some, some toys, some plastic food toys, so she gave one to her friend. And then her little friend took two or three more pieces of food uh, and left for the day. And a uh, little surprising, but whatever. We encouraged Joy. We said, thank you for giving. God pays attention when you give and he will bless you. And uh, we left it at that. Um, the next time we went to visit my family, we went there. I didn't tell my family any of this little instance. I didn't think anything about it. And uh, we got there, and here Joy's grandma had like three big clear bags of plastic food and a plastic stove and kitchen just like three times what my daughter already had. And I was like, oh my goodness, wow, that was amazing. And we just shared with, with Joy, our daughter, uh, Luke 6.38, that the gift, the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, we don't always understand how God works, but Joy, at that age, she just, she trusted us. She didn't question us, like, how much do I give, and what's the formula, and how much plastic food do I have to budget to give out to my friends? She does that now as she saves her money and she gives. She's just such a giver. Um, but that was just a lesson for our whole family that um, God's promises are true. We can trust Him. We don't have to question Him. And as we give our time and our finances, God promises that He will bless us. And as we give with a cheerful heart, He will give back to us. I'm just so thankful that, that we can just trust him, just like a five- or six-year-old, and, and watch him do his work. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your faithfulness to us. Lord, in spite of uh, who we are and in spite of our uh, hesitance sometimes, Lord, we just choose to obey you. And we have a, a generous heart, a heart that gives. And we trust you to take care of all of our needs. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you could prepare your hearts and welcome uh, Gus Shogren with the Ten Strike Community Church, warm welcome. Well, good morning. It's a blessing to be here today. It's always a blessing to be in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah.
Bible says, rejoice and be glad. For this is the day that the Lord has made. Oh, hallelujah. And we need to learn to rejoice every day, not just on Sunday. Rejoice that the Lord is with us. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. That with God all things are possible. That he loves us. And he calls us. And he's calling us all today to a higher place. To a closer walk. And that's what I want to talk about this morning, is a closer walk with him. And I want to start out this morning in Matthew chapter 6, verse 48. It's a story we all know well. So the book of Mark, chapter 6, verse 48, hallelujah, starting with verse 48, then he saw them straining at the war, at the or rowing, for the wind was against them. Now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea, and he would have passed them by. And so we know the storms of life. We all, all go through storms. We've seen some major storms like the one in Florida that caused total destruction in places like Fort Myer. We all go through storms. But I want to say that Jesus is always there with us. But we don't always acknowledge his presence. The Bible says that he would have passed them by. God has a miracle for us. For each and every one of us. I think he has more than one. But sometimes I think in our lives as we look back, we know that lots of miracles have passed us by because we did not recognize the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. God wants to move in a supernatural way in your life. He has a miracle for you. He knows your need. He knows what you're going through. 
He feels your pain. He knows your hurts. And he wants to come. And he wants to minister to your need. You, specifically. You know, I was thinking, what is a miracle? And so I was looking for my dictionary, and I couldn't find it. What I found was a book called The Family Word Finder. So I thought, well, I'll look at this book and see what a miracle is or how they describe a miracle. And here's what it says. Only a miracle could save the children of Israel from Pharaoh's soldiers. Atheists don't believe in miracles. A miracle is a divine act, a supernatural happening, a wonder, a marvel, a prodigy, mystery, a portent, a sign, an omen. And then it says, the creator. And I thought, how many know who Picasso is? Yeah, a couple of you. I never liked his paintings. <laughs> but a miracle is a marvel, a wonder, a phenomena, a prodigy, a sensation, a spectacle, a masterpiece. And miraculous. They say the wounded man made a miraculous recovery. That is extraordinary, exceptional, remarkable, wonderful, marvelous, spectacular, amazing, astonishing, astounding, unbelievable, incredible, phenomenal, preternatural. Or we could say, what is the opposite of a miracle? And this sounds like our daily lives. Ordinary, normal, human, natural, mundane, of this world, routine, unexceptional, predictable, run-of-the-mill. The story of your life, right? The dull drudge, drudgery of daily life. But to me, a miracle is something a whole lot simpler than that. A miracle happens when God sets aside the physical laws of this universe. And the impossible happens. The unexplainable. Something that is totally against nature. Something that should not happen. Something that medical science cannot explain.
I say that God has a miracle for each and every one of us. And I've seen some of God's miracles. The greatest one is the day I got saved, I think. Hallelujah. The day I preached the gospel for the first time. Neighbors came to church because they didn't believe it. They didn't believe it was possible. I remember once in Mexico many years ago praying for a little baby who was maybe a year old. The baby had dysentery. And they told me the baby is going to die. She has stopped crying. She won't eat, she won't drink. In a few hours, she'll be dead. And I said, let me pray for her. In the name of Jesus. And I saw this happen over and over again. Because dysentery way back in the hills where there were no doctors and no nurses. Dysentery was common. And lots of children would die of dysentery. I prayed for that little baby in the name of Jesus. And almost immediately, her hands began to move. Her lips began to move. And her mother said, get some water and see if she'll drink. And she did drink. And the Spirit of God fell. And I used to walk from village to village. And so every time I would come back to the village of San Balthasar, I had to walk in front of that little hut made out of adobe brick with a clay tile roof and a dirt floor. And they would be waiting for me. And they would not let me go until I had prayed for all of them. There was a little boy there. He was about four years old. So sensitive to the Spirit of God. When I would reach my hand out to him to pray for him, he'd get slain in the Spirit. And the mother would get slain in the Spirit. And that's how I'd leave him. Week after week until I started. I thought, my God. How could this be? A 
I remember once I was back here in the States, and my kids, they weren't very old at the time, well, maybe one was, I don't know how old they were, but their grandmother was dying. They were upset. They said she's not going to live through the night. She was on oxygen. Her lungs were given out on her. So later that night, the Lord just put it in my heart to go, to go see her. And I had reservations about going to see her. Because when I got saved, she mocked me. She mocked the gospel. The Bible says that God is not mocked. And I went to her. She was in intensive care. I talked to one of the nurses that I knew. She said, yeah, you can go see her. But she's on oxygen. She can't talk. She's got a mask over her face. They don't expect her to live through the night. So I went and I said to her, I said, do you remember the story you told me years ago? You were on the farm, and you were going through the chicken coop where they had stored all these old books. And all the books in the, were all musty and moldy, except for one. Your old Lutheran catechism was in perfect shape. I said, God did that to tell you that he still lives and that he loves you. I said, I want to pray for you. I said, if you agree, squeeze my hand. And I prayed the sinner's prayer with her. And every line, she squeezed my hand, saying, I agree. She said it in her heart. And I prayed that she would live to see my oldest son married because he was going to get married. And then I left. And the next day I thought, well, I should go back to the hospital and see if she's still alive. I went back, she was out of intensive care. 
They had moved her to another floor of the hospital. She had made a miraculous recovery. She was at my son's wedding. Hallelujah. I remember going to see her when she was in the nursing home before she did finally pass away. And I would say to her, can I pray for you? And she would say these words, please do. The only peace I get is when you pray. And those are words that I heard over and over again when I was in Albania. And I ministered in the hospital. I would pray for those Muslims. And many of them were Muslims. Or they were atheists. They really didn't believe in God. And they told me over and over again, please pray for me. The only peace I get is when you pray for me. Hallelujah. Wards of people that had just been operated on for kidney problems. Wards of people with heart problems. There is power in the name of Jesus. And I'm here today to tell you that God has a miracle for you. And don't let that miracle pass you by. Hallelujah. God wants to move in your life in a supernatural way. He wants to manifest his power, his presence. He wants to show you that he loves you. He wants to show you that he is God. That for him nothing is impossible. We all have our problems. We all go through storms in life. But sometimes those storms come because God has a plan and Satan is trying to stop it. When you stop and think about what was happening that day, they were on their way to a village where the madman of Gadara lived. And Jesus was on a divine mission. to set that man free. And we all know the story. He cast the demons out of that man. And they asked permission to go into the herd of pigs. And when they did, the pigs all ran into the ocean and drowned. 
The people were afraid. They got upset. They told Jesus to leave. But that man who got set free, you know, John 8.32 says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. He wanted to go with Jesus. And Jesus told him, no, you stay here and testify about what God has done in your life. And when they went back to that village the second time, when the people saw that it was Jesus, they brought all their sick. And they said if he, they but touch the hem of his garment, they will be healed. And there was a mighty move of God and a mighty outpouring of the Spirit. There was revival in that town. And that's what God wants to do in this hour. Hallelujah. Revival will come when we start believing God for a miracle in our lives. And when people see what's happened to us, they're going to believe that God is real. That he is still on the throne. That he hasn't changed. That he does not change. That the word of God is true. Hallelujah. When you're going through a trial, you need to find a place to stand. And there's only one place to stand, and it's on that rock called Jesus. Hallelujah. Stand on his word. You know, the Bible says that in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Hallelujah. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and that is Jesus. And so Jesus isn't here, but we have. Yes, he's here. Through his word, he's here. Through that Holy Spirit that he sent that indwells us. People say, well, I wish I would have been there. When he walked this earth in the flesh. He's here now. And he can perform those same miracles. He can still do it today. And he does. I remember when I first got saved. I heard a preacher. John Osteen. Some of you might know who he is. He's dead today. But when I heard him, I thought there's something different about this guy. He has a presence about him, an anointing of God's Holy Spirit. He believes God, he talked about miracles. 
I remember him preaching, reach out for your miracle. Remember the man with the withered hand, the withered arm? And the Pharisees were there. They said, it's Sunday, you can't work on Sunday. But Jesus said, stretch forth your hand. And when he stretched forth his hand, God healed him. Oh, hallelujah. The power of Almighty God. God wants to do that in your life. Don't let that miracle pass you by. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith also comes when you go through the fire, you go through trials, you go through the storms of life. When you stand with God, when you can lift up your voice and praise God in the middle of the storm when things are going wrong, you praise God because you know he's there, he's going to help you, hallelujah. Jesus said, it's better that I go, that I might send a counselor, the Holy Spirit. Some translations of the Bible say a helper. And I say help is on the way, hallelujah. When trouble comes, I say help is on the way. Lord, how are you going to deal with this situation? I trust that you're here, that you're going to deal with this, that you're going to help me. You're going to pull me through this, whatever it is. That you're bigger than this situation. That your word is true, that it works for me because you love me. Because I love you. I believe. Therefore, I shall receive. You don't quit. You know... Churchill, they invited them to a graduation at the university once. They asked them to give a speech. Churchill got up and said, never, never, never quit. Then he said it again, never, never, never quit. And he got up and walked out. That was his message. Hallelujah. But it's a good message for us. We don't quit. We don't give up. We know that God is working through the situation. We trust God, even when we don't see the answer. You know, one of the greatest testimonies I think I've ever heard, I heard a preacher, not in person, Nick, has anybody ever heard of it? He's from Australia, but his name is Bosnia. He was born without arms. He was born without legs. And I tell you this story so you can stop feeling sorry for yourself.
But his parents, against the common practice in Australia at that time, sent him to school. And they didn't want to take him in school. They didn't want to deal with him. But they insisted. But the kids made fun of him, and they bullied him. And by the time he was 10 years old, he was suicidal. But how do you kill yourself when you don't have arms and legs? But he was reading the scriptures one day, and he read the scripture. Why was this man born blind? They asked Jesus, was it because of his sin? Was it the sins of his parents? And Jesus answered and said, it's none of those things, but that the glory of God might be manifest in him. Oh, hallelujah. And today, Nick preaches the gospel all over the world. Without arms, without legs. When he preaches, he stands on a table like this one. He has a foot of sorts with two toes. He's learned to type 40-some words a minute with it. He can turn the pages of the Bible, I suppose. But I also saw videos of him jumping off a diving board at least 16 feet above the water. That takes a certain amount of faith. He can't really swim, but he can float. He's also married and has a beautiful wife. And four children. And the last two, two identical daughters. If he was in America today, the doctors would have said, you should have aborted that child. I listened to a young boy sing, 10 years old from Boston, born blind. But what a beautiful singing voice he has. Hallelujah. 
I talked to a woman not so long ago. She had a 10-year-old boy with her. She said, this boy is like your son. And I knew what she meant. The doctors told her to abort that child. And I talked to her. And I said, no. I said, in the name of Jesus. God gave you that child. That child will be a blessing to you. The nurse told her that the baby was not normal because they took an ultrasound. I said, let's pray. That he will be born normal. And I don't know that there was anything wrong with him. But she had that baby. Hallelujah. I think about America. They can't find people to work. Is it because they aborted all those babies? Hallelujah. We just thank you, Lord, that that's turning. But we also know that all those miscarried babies, those aborted babies, are waiting for their mothers and fathers in heaven. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the name of Jesus. I'm going to go to Matthew. And it's the same story. Is it Matthew 24, I think? You've got it there. Can you pull it up for me? Matthew 14, 25. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying it's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. And that's where we're at sometimes. Fear in the midst of the storm. And I want to read verse 27. But straightway, uh, wait a minute. Yeah, there we go. 
when straightway Jesus spoke unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. Can you imagine? In the midst of the storm, Jesus comes. He says, Be of good cheer. That's a word for each and every one of us. No matter what's going on in our lives, no matter what our situation is, no, what, no matter what kind of troubles we're going through, Jesus is telling us, be of good cheer. Here I am. Don't be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's really you, then tell me to come. And Jesus said, one word, he said, come. And so Peter got out of the boat. Thank God for Peter. He did it before he really thought about it, don't you know? He got over in that spirit realm where all things are possible. He had his eyes on Jesus, hallelujah. He had his eyes on the God of the universe. With him all things are possible. It says that he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him. How many times has Jesus done that in our lives and we didn't even know it? That's the reason some of us are still alive. And Jesus said, O thou of little faith. He said, Wherefore didst thou doubt? And that's where we miss it, as we doubt. Not so much, I think, that God is able. We believe that, yes, he's God. He can do it. He'll do it for somebody else. But will he do it for me? That's where the trouble comes. And we know that Peter is the one that walked with God, not that he was perfect, because we know that later he's the one that denied Christ three times before the cock crowed. And yet in spite of that, he was the chosen one that God called to be head of the church. And God gave him the keys to the kingdom. But by faith, we have the keys. By faith, we believe. 
that every word written in the book of life and every promise of God is true. And it's for us, and it's for this hour. Hallelujah. It, we know in the scriptures that if you go back and read what had happened the day before, they got the news that John the Baptist had been killed. Jesus' heart was grieved. And the Bible says they went to a desert place. But even there, he couldn't escape from the crowds. The Bible says there were so many people coming and going. And there were so many people in a desert place with nothing to eat. But somebody had five loaves. And two fishes. And with that, Jesus lifted them up to heaven and blessed them and broke them, and he fed 4,000 people. Oh, hallelujah. But the disciples, because of the hardness of their hearts, could not receive it. And so that happens to us because of the hardness of our heart sometimes. We have trouble receiving what God would do in our lives. Or we get so caught up with the things of the world that he passes us by. Hallelujah. We need to learn to walk with him, hand in hand every day. If we learn to do that, we could avoid lots of pitfalls and lots of trouble in our life. But God is always there. He's there in the midst of the storm. He's there for all of us. You know, I heard this story about a preacher. In 1992, he had a bad year. Everything went wrong. Everything. You've had years like that. His father died, who he was really close to. His wife had a mis miscarriage for the third time. 
There was division in the church. He went through a season of discouragement and depression. He finally took a six-month sabbatical to get alone with God. And he began to play the piano, which he hadn't played for years. And he said one day he was playing. He said, I was playing a song that I thought I, I remembered from somewhere. He said, but later I realized that God was giving me a new song. And the song was, The Anchor Holds in Spite of the Storm. I have journeyed through the long, dark night. And I've been on life's raging seas. I was there by faith alone, and I thank the Lord, the sight unknown. I found his eyes were watching me. Though the ship is battered, the anchor holds. Though the sails are torn, And this day I have fallen on my knees to face my raging sea. The anchor holds in spite of the storm. He's been with me. He's kept me all the way. I had my visions as a young man. I dreamed big dreams. And then one day I held them all in my hand. But there's one thing I never knew. I watched them all slip through my hand as if they were grains of sand. And then I met Jesus. And the anchor holds. The anchor holds. I've been through the heat, I've been through the cold, and he's kept me all the way. And still, the anchor holds. And I think we can all relate to that. When Jesus comes, remember, he said, come, come. He told Peter, come. And if you go back to Matthew eleven twenty-eight, the words of Jesus, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And I've meditated on that scripture for lots of years. 
Jesus says, come. He said to Peter, come. Just come and fellowship with me. You know that scripture from Revelations, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open that door, I will come into him and I will sup with him and he with me. And that's not a one-time event. That should be a way of life for all of us. Hallelujah. Jesus should be a constant companion. You know, I like to mow hay. For one thing, I'm out there all alone, and I'm out there with the Lord. And I talk to him. He talks to me. And I meditate on his word. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. His presence is enough for me. His presence is the bread of life. Not to worry about what's going on in the world. Not even to worry about what's going on in your body. But if you could just meditate and focus on Jesus. Casting your cares upon him. The things of this world will all pass away. You remember Job? Job was a rich man, cattle, children. I'm sure a beautiful home. He was a rich man. He had everything. The devil told the Lord, take it away from him and see if he won't curse your name. And so we know that trouble came. He lost everything. He lost his wife, his children. He lost his animals. He lost his land. He lost everything. And his friends, not very good friends, we don't always have good friends that give us good advice. They told him it would be better to curse God and die. But the Bible says that God turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. And that's a lesson for us. Don't focus on your problems. But reach out and try to help somebody. Pray for your neighbor. And your troubles will start to disappear. Hallelujah.
I just got a few scriptures I want to share with you before we go today. Philippians 3, 13 and 14. Hallelujah. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward to those things which are ahead. So let us run the race that is before us. Knowing that better days are ahead, in spite of what's going on in the world, better days are ahead for us because we walk with him. Colossians 1.12, maybe through 15. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. And, and I want to read a couple more scriptures there. Colossians says, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and has translated us into the kingdom of, of his dear son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Oh, hallelujah. We have been redeemed from the curse of the law. Galatians. The curse of the law is sin, sickness, poverty, and death. But we have been redeemed from that kingdom of darkness. We are in him, in Christ, seated in heavenly places. Hallelujah. So I talked about John Osteen. He went through the fire. Just because you have faith don't mean you don't go through the fire. You know the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They went through the fire. Hallelujah. But they come out and they didn't smell like smoke. Hallelujah. John Osteen, two things that happened in his life that were a real test of their faith. His wife came down with cancer of the kidney. Doctors gave her two weeks to live. Now, two weeks is not a long time to get your act together, to get right with God, to believe God for a miracle. And so you say, well, what happened? Did she live? Well, you know, John is dead. But as far as I know, she's still alive. The last time I heard, she was 88 years old. Because God healed her, hallelujah. Because John and his wife and their kids did not let Jesus pass them by. 
They reached out for that miracle in their lives. And then something else happened. They had a daughter that was born with cerebral palsy. You know, the doctor said she may never talk, she may never walk. But they began to cry out to God for a miracle. And I don't know what your definition of a miracle is, but I believe that cerebral palsy is one of those things that just might qualify. Today, Lisa Osteen is preaching the gospel. One of the most anointed preachers that I've heard. Because her daddy got her faith. Her daddy taught her how to believe in miracles. What does the Bible say? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, old things have passed away, and all things have become new in Christ Jesus. The Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things. What things? Whatever you have faith to believe for, those are the things that God has promised. For the word of God is yea and amen in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus said over and over again, let it be according to your faith. When the blind man came to Jesus, said, he said, you could heal me if you will. Jesus said, I will. He said, no, your faith has made you whole. Hallelujah. As we close today, if you need a miracle in any area of your life, I want you to stand up and pray for with me. If you're perfect, and you don't need a miracle, keep sit down. Don't stand up. If you walk around and people get healed when they stand in your shadow, let's all stand up. Father, we just come before you today. Father, we just thank you for your word. We just thank you for your presence. We thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost. We thank you for the power of the blood of Jesus. We just thank you for the power that is vested in that name. Hallelujah. Lord, we just reach out to you today for a miracle in our lives. Whether it's in that area of finance, 
whether it's healing in our bodies, whether it's a loved one, a wife, a husband, a son, a daughter, a cousin, an uncle, someone who is lost and needs salvation. Father, we stand in faith today. And we're not going to let our miracle pass us by. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just come before you. And we cry out in faith because we know you are a God of mercy, a God who honors his word. Help us, Lord, to believe and to reach out and grab that miracle and to stand firm on the promises of God and not be turned back, not be turned aside by the lies and gossip of this world, but to believe that you are real and that with you all things are possible. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, I just ask you to bless these people today. As they reach up to you, Lord, I ask you to reach down and touch them. Touch them, Lord, with that healing power of your spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Don't you know that Jesus carried it on the cross? He already paid the price for your pain, your turmoil, your troubles. He paid it all on the cross. By his stripes. The Bible says in Peter that we were healed. It's past tense. All we need to do now is receive it from God. So learn to praise him. Learn to thank him beforehand. Praise the name of Jesus in the middle of the storm when trouble comes. Learn to laugh at the devil because his power over your life has been broken by the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just ask you for that touch of your Holy Spirit in our lives that would give us faith to walk with you and to receive every blessing that you have promised in the word, in the book of life. That it's for us, it's for this hour. It doesn't matter who we were, what we did, all that matters is who we are in Christ. And that as we forgive others, he forgives us. Oh, hallelujah. Stay in the word. Stay in the spirit. Don't let go of that hand of Jesus. Let his hand be on your life. As you sleep, as you work, as you go, as you walk, as you talk. But if you're going to walk the walk, then you need to talk the talk. Hallelujah. 
We need to guard the words of our mouth. Because in our words, in our mouth, the Bible says there is life and there is death. Let's speak life. Let's speak hope. Let's speak faith. Let's walk in love. Let's be a shining light in the darkness of this world. Let's reach out and pray for our brothers and forget about our own troubles. And Jesus will come. And he will bless us. In that mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, go in peace and praise the Lord.